Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome back. This is Mornings for Host Plus and the Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel. Uh, welcome back. Plenty more still to come on the McCafe menu. We've got Andrew Voss. We've got Benny Everill, Larry Kesselman, Adam White uh, down at the Junction Oval. All sorts of carnage down there yesterday between the Vicks and South Australia. So we'll get uh, we'll get Whitey to set the scene for us. Uh, the Vicks, for the record, uh, dismissed for 169. Glenn Maxwell in his return game dismissed 4-5. LBW Jordan Buckingham in reply, though, uh, South Australia in uh, all sorts of uh, of bother at five for 75. So play about to resume uh, down at the City Power Oval, the junction of Victoria leading by 94 runs with five wickets in hand. Hey, the Champions League last week returned after a long break and it rolls on again this week with some huge round of 16 clashes. Some matchups uh, leap off the page and to take us through the events of recent days and what's to come in the coming days, is none other than Stan Sports, Talk Sports, Guardian Sports, and every other major publications man, Max Rushton. Max, good morning. Feels like I, you know, I like to think my employers are all great, but when you sort of list them like that, it makes it feel like I, you know, I, I'll just say yes to anything. And I'd just like to be clear, you know, if there are big executives listening to this, I will say yes to anything for a very modest fee. You know, that's, uh, <laughs> and, 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 you know, I'm punctual, I'm sober, I don't know what else you need from me. Like, like I'm polite. And and I really have no high demands. You're you, many things to many people. I'll say that, and we are very thankful that you lend your expertise to our little mm. slot down here, uh, Maxi. Now, I tell you what, Liverpool uh, five and one. They were second in Group A in the Champions League. Now they're up against perennial powerhouse Real Madrid in this round of sixteen. Now, now um, the Spaniards top Group F. This is Anfield. This is under lights. These are the special nights we love, and, and it's on tomorrow morning our time. Yeah, fascinating, actually, isn't it? And and uh, unless I'm going completely mad, it's a repeat of the final, right? And and because uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, it's very hard, football seasons blend all meld into one. And when you have a tiny baby and you don't sleep, you sort of forget what was today and what was last year and what was a decade ago. But what's really interesting about this is this is the only, uh, you know, really the only thing that Liverpool can fight for. I feel right. They they are not doing great in the league. They won at Newcastle, which is a big win. Newcastle are unbeaten at home and uh, are going really well this season. But Liverpool won and they scored two lovely goals. They weren't brilliant and Newcastle had a man sent off. But this is not the Liverpool that we've seen over the last few years. They're slightly off the pace. And if you play that kind of football that Liverpool play, which is the high press, everybody has to be in exactly the right position all the time. And that requires a lot of effort. And they just look off it this season. They're much more open at the back. Real Madrid are quite a long way off Barcelona um, at the top of La Liga. Um, but you can never write either of these teams off. I and mean, we saw that with Real Madrid last year, right? They should have gone out of this competition in every round of the knockouts, right? Mm. The last 16, the last day in the, in the quarterfinals, in the semifinals. They, you know, they played well for probably about 40 minutes of all of those games put together. Like Chelsea should have beaten them, PSG should have beaten them, Man City should have beaten them. And yet Real Madrid find a way in that weird 
you know, that weird thing where you go, well, you won it so many times, even though this squad is, you know, it's got some players that have been there for the whole thing. You think of Tony Cruz and Luka Modric, but still, there's just something about that winning mentality, which is really hard to quantify in any sport, right? You just go, how do they know how to do that? How have they managed to do that? I think this is really hard to call. I think on form, you'd have to say Real Madrid, you know, who are on amazing form, but better than Liverpool, should go through. But you just can't write off either of these. And you're right, under the lights, these two games, you know, at Anfield at the Bernabeu will be exactly why we love the Champions League. 100%. And I know what you say. Well, the Reds have obviously had their struggles this year. They've been right off their tucker. But the last couple of games in the Premiership, so... Rolled Everton, who uh, have shown some sign of life um, under their change of manager. And, th- and then, obviously, Newcastle um, were short-changed, short man in, in their game as well. But of the last couple of games, at least in the premiership for Liverpool, Max, shown any sort of proof of life at all that would give their supporters uh, reason for optimism? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And I know there's like, a huge number of Liverpool fans uh, uh, you know, in, in, in Australia and, and clinging on to that hope, right? Because it's weird. <laughs> Once your team has been good for so long, your expectations change. And so you expect your team to be like, like, like one of my colleagues, Barry Glenn Denning, said, "Our oh, Liverpool might not finish in the top four this year at the start of the season." And we basically laughed him out of the studio. I mean, we do that quite frequently with him, but, but uh, like it was like that's madness. Of course, they'll be in the top four, and actually, it's it, it hasn't looked like that, and they've looked really off the pace. But uh, be interesting. I don't know if Daniel Nunes is fit. He injured his shoulder, but he started to hit some form. Gakpo's come in for a lot of money. He started to score goals. Um, the midfield just isn't quite clicking. They've got this young lad, Stefan Bacicic, I think that's how you pronounce it correctly, and he looks, I mean, he's 18, so you can't put that much pressure on him, but he looks absolutely sensational. Van Dijk is back at the back, and that makes a big difference to Liverpool. And they will go all out for this, you know, mm. and like, and what's interesting, I think, as well is, and this happens in every sport, right, we have to talk about what we see, and so you you make these big proclamations about what's happening in the season 10 games in or 20 games in. And really what we should do is do no broadcasting until the whole thing's finished. And then you know who's actually been good or not. And so Liverpool have got a real chance for this season, which has looked, frankly, for their standards, hopeless, to be a massive success. And and like that is... Uh, the pressure on this... I mean, it seems to go both ways, right? There's huge pressure on Liverpool because this is their big chance for this season. But at the same time... Uh, that might mean they just have, they really step up. And, you know, they still have a brilliant manager. They still have brilliant players. And what's really interesting, I think, about this Champions League right now is that maybe only Napoli are absolutely fine. Like, of all the teams left in, they've all got vulnerabilities. Like, we saw that mm. uh, Chelsea are vulnerable, not going well. Dortmund have their vulnerabilities. Um, Tottenham, Tottenham and Milan, like, one of those teams will get through, and neither of them are great. Then you've got Benfica, who looked good, and probably get through against Bruges. But, you know, you couldn't imagine Benfica would go on a run to, to win this. And then even like Manchester City are not flying like we remember. They, you know, they dropped points again at the weekend against Nottingham Forest. They're clearly a wonderful team, but they're not quite at it. So all these things, even though we might not have a team playing absolutely at the top level, if we think about the great teams of the past, what it means is the competition feels really open. And that's what you want, right? You want every game to be set up so that either team can get through, every first leg to be pretty close so the second leg still has something riding on them. And I think we could be in for a fascinating competition here. I think it is, it's hard to call motive. It's impossible to call this year. You mentioned Napoli. So they're the other game on uh, tomorrow morning, 7 o'clock kickoff, I think, with Eintracht Frankfurt. Now, the Italians have scored 20 goals to top Group A and conceded only six. You, you mentioned their form. They are on fire in this competition. Yeah, and flying in Serie A. And like Napoli flying in Serie A doesn't happen very often. 
right? Like, when did they last win the league? Unless I'm wrong, it's, you know, Maradona's time, is that it? I mean, they are, like, what they're doing and the football they're playing, uh, you know, and they've got uh, the, the Georgian Messi, who's absolutely fly. They've got some wonderful footballers, and they're playing without fear, and they are exceeding expectations in Italy. There is always that question, you know, what does that mean? Does that mean you play without fear so... You know, you, you, you don't care who you come up against. You know, they should get past Frankfurt. Um, but, you know, when they get into the late times, if they do get through, because there's no guarantees, right? Um, does that mean, well, you're... It's a bit like the Premier League, right? Arsenal don't have experience of winning this title. So does that mean that they're free and unburdened of history? Or does that mean when it really comes to it, that they won't be able to do it? And I, I think it would be great for the competition if Napoli won it. Like, it would be great if one of the absolute big guns didn't win this competition because it just shows, you know, not that anyone can win it, but like that you don't have to be like funded by a state and you don't have to be, you know, the absolute gazillionaires. If you get the right coach and the right players and the right mentality that you could get through, I think it'd be wonderful the competition if Napoli won it. Hey, Max, we're nearly out of time, but I just want to go back to last week. So Chelsea rolled uh, 1-0 by Borussia Dortmund, but then beaten at home by lowly Southampton in the Premiership. So... Graham Potter's Blues have now won, what, I think two of 15 games since November. Now, I know it's new ownership at the bridge, but managers have been sacked for, sacked for a lot less in that part of the world. How thin is the ice that Graham Potter's standing on at the moment? Well, like, I mean, that's the interesting thing is we used to know how thin the ice was, but now we don't know how thin the ice is mm. because it's a... How can I stretch this analogy? Like, it's a, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a new iceberg. It's a new lake. On. You know, it's like... It is. It's a new lake, and we just don't. We genuinely don't know. I like. It's so weird that a Chelsea manager is like performing this badly and still has his job. <laughs> I hope he keeps it. It is strange. I hope he keeps it because because I think it's really. In, I think he's an interesting guy. I think he's not like a footballer's football man. There's all this talk about how he's not being angry enough, you know. And you know, you really have to get angry with your players in public to prove that you care about these things, which is sort of obviously nonsense. But but they are on a terrible run. And the difference between actually the Dortmund game and the Southampton game was Dortmund was very similar to a lot of Chelsea performances recently, which is they were playing really well. They were creating a lot. They just couldn't get the luck. You know, they were yeah. like against Dortmund, Jao Felix had these two fantastic chances. Yeah. But Dortmund didn't really create that much. Scored a wonderful goal from Karrion Madiemi. But the Southampton game, Chelsea looked bad. And, you know, Southampton are objectively the worst team in the Premier League at the moment. And so, you know, you are home to the worst team. You have to win. If you're Chelsea, you have to win that game. And they just didn't look like they created that much. And the hard thing, I mean, it sounds counterintuitive, hard thing for Graham Potter is like he spent, since, since Todd Bowley took over, so Potter wasn't in charge in the summer, but like since Todd Bowley took over, they spent half a billion pounds. That is an extraordinary amount of money. And they have so much attacking talent. They don't actually, even spending that money, they don't really have like a classic centre forward. They don't have anyone who can put the ball in the net. Max. Well, well, it's it's extraordinary that, isn't it? And so, but it must be really hard, like at training. You're like you're looking at training, and you've got like six or seven, like on paper, world class or up there, attacking midfielders. How do you work out who's doing the best? How do you how do you give anyone a run in the team? Like you've got almost got too much choice, which sounds ridiculous because players teams should improve, but signing players doesn't guarantee improving. And I think it's really interesting. Like Todd Bowley seems to think he'll give Grand Potter time. I hope he does, but like if the results keep going, uh, Dortmund is a real toss of a coin. You know, like they're not great at home, but oh, uh, you know the away goals all doesn't count. They, you know, if they score early, then the tie is totally level, and Dortmund 
you know, a goal for Dortmund wouldn't change it, you know, in terms of away goals because that doesn't exist anymore. But fascinating to see it. Dortmund are a really good side. You know, Bellingham is a wonderful footballer. They've got they've got real talent and real youth throughout the whole squad. Fascinating to see what happens with Potter if they don't get past Dortmund. We'll be watching with interest this week uh, in the Champions League. Really appreciate your time, uh, Max. Let's talk again soon. Thank you so much. Stand.com.au. Seven-day free trial, I think. If there isn't, I'll just pay for your first seven days. <laughs> this is my time to remind our listeners of that very fact. As we say goodbye to Max Rushton this morning, you can watch every match of the UEFA Champions League, UEFA Europa League, and in fact, the UEFA Europa Conference League, all on Stan Sport. And as Max suggested, to start your seven-day trial, you can visit stan.com.au forward slash football.